This is Rob Long with Martini Shot for The Ankler. Everyone who's ever tried to start a car that doesn't want to start has heard the same thing from the people standing nearby. You turn the key, you pump the gas, the car rumbles and rumbles and doesn't turn over, and the dialogue from the spectators never varies. Half of them shout, you're flooding it, and the other half shout, you gotta give it more gas. They're just trying to be helpful, of course. They want the car to start. They may even be expecting a ride. But there's something about watching someone do something troublesome that just brings out the unhelpful advice. A writer friend of mine gave me his new pilot script to read, which I dutifully did and enjoyed. When he called me a few days later to hear my thoughts, I told him the truth. It's a very funny script. It's well-written, quickly paced. But the only thing that I didn't really understand was that since one of the main characters is a young priest why we don't hear him ever explain why he took the vows, what the church means to him, what he's trying to accomplish by taking over a parish. Well, my writer friend said, I had all that in, but then my agent told me that the whole priest angle was sort of iffy and radioactive in the marketplace and that I should downplay that whole priest thing. In other words, his agent told him he was flooding it and I told him to give it more gas. But the guy is a priest, I said. I mean, he's in a collar for the whole script. As a reader, I was naturally curious about that. Well, he's a priest, my friend said, but he's not like a like a priest priest, you know? But he sort of agreed with me and went back through the draft and restored a couple of moments that addressed that character's choices and point of view. And it was a delicate bit of revision, of course, because he didn't want to signal to his agent that he'd ignored his market-based reaction. Look, every writer in town is allowed to write a doomed script that has zero chance of being bought. That's what we call a passion project around here, but only if that's stipulated in advance. Only if the agent knows that the client knows that it's a long shot at best. Agents even have a little phrase they like to use to express their humility in this process. Hey, I'm not a writer. I don't have a creative bone in my body, they'll say when they're about to give a client feedback. But when it comes to feedback based on the marketplace, based on what's selling right now, they don't soft pedal. No one is buying family with kids, okay? I heard an agent once tell his client who had just written a family show with kids. They're buying family with kids off screen, the agent said. So you need to take the kids and send them to camp or boarding school or something. Maybe one's in prison. That's more blue collars so are probably not for Hulu. But you know, hide the kids. So when my writer friend sent his new second, more priest-heavy draft to his agent, he was worried, but he shouldn't have been, because his agent read it and pronounced it the best draft ever, just what the market wanted at that exact moment, but he said he would have loved to have had one more revealing scene with the priest. Now, of course, when I read the new pages, honestly, I thought he may have gone too far with the priest stuff. I mean, now the guy was a priest-priest, and it sort of overshadowed the rest of the story. So in other words... Now, I thought he was flooding it, and now his agent was telling him to give a bit more gas. But when my friend called me for my reaction on the new draft, I told him that it was right on target, because who am I to disagree with market-based feedback, especially twice? Right now, I am sitting in a coffee shop, right this minute. Well, not this minute for you. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but right now, as I type these words, I'm sitting in a coffee spot, and because I'm supposed to be writing this or finishing up a rewrite on a script, I am staring out of the window instead, and listening to the two people next to me having an awkward conversation. I'm doing something called yoga eavesdropping, which requires the listener to place himself in a zen-like state of concentration in order to block out all sound except the voices of those whom he's spying on, and also to look either lost in thought or busily typing away or anything other than what he's doing, which is spying. But what is happening next to me happens pretty much Whenever a writer who has written something has given that something to someone else, maybe another writer, maybe a friend, maybe a potential colleague, maybe an agent, it doesn't really matter. 
and has made a date for a coffee or a lunch in order to get feedback. That's usually the phrase we use. Get feedback as in, I really want your feedback. I'd really love to get your feedback on my script. Or maybe the phrase was notes or thoughts or reaction to the material, which is a very professional email-ish vibe. Looking forward to hearing your reaction to the material is what people like agents say to people like executives and producers when they send their clients' scripts out, assuming agents still do stuff like that in between running sports franchises and preparing for the IPO. Now, what's happening next to me is that the writer has requested feedback and has asked for a reaction to the material, and the person to whom that request was made has begun to deliver those reactions and that feedback, and the writer is not liking how this conversation is going. What the writer wanted, it's now apparent by the constant interruptions and the interjections of, uh, wait, 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 don't you think I need that part to set up the whole idea of the love conflict? And, and uh, oh, yeah, 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 well, well, no, I didn't want it to be clear right there. And I wasn't going for a ha-ha joke here. I was kind of trying to show how boring the character's life is by, you know, by being just really boring. So what the writer actually wanted, it's clear to me anyway, sitting nearby and pretending to type, isn't feedback or notes or a response to the material. What the writer wanted was praise. The writer arrived at the table and was mentally and emotionally prepared to have a conversation that was supposed to be mainly about how great the writer is and maybe a typo spotting or two and pretty much... Nothing else. Just say you love it, I want to shout from my side of the table. Just say it's great. It's funny where it's supposed to be funny and dramatic where it's supposed to be dramatic. And that aside from a couple of typos, it's a masterpiece. And I can hear already that happening to the two next to me. The writer is wearing the other one down. I can hear it in the tone of voice, which has gone from respectful and firm. I don't think you really need that third scene. I didn't get a clear sense of what the character's intention was to, uh, oh, yeah, well, okay, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's really great, and yeah, I really, I think it is better than whatever Amazon has on now, and I, I think you're right to save a lot of the really interesting stuff for episode nine or season three or, you know, the future. People will say that's not what they really want. Let me have it. I know my script needs another big draft. People will say that's not how I work. I am honest, and if you ask for my opinion, I'll really give it to you. People should stop saying these things, because they don't really mean them. Not really. And that's not a bad thing. Look, we all prefer to hear good news if we possibly can, and if you spent weeks and months on a script, you don't want to hear that it's been time largely wasted. Being human and weak and needy, it's all, you know, part of the deal. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, the only person in this little drama who should be ashamed is me. The person who spent the afternoon eavesdropping on other people instead of getting anything done. Because whether that writer wrote a great script or a terrible script is less important than this. That writer wrote the script, completed the task, and I am still weeks away from that. But when I'm done, will you give me some feedback? I mean, really seriously, just let me have it, please, because I know my script needs another big draft. I mean, look, most of what we do in show business is give people feedback in as collegial a way as we can. Even when you're a studio, paying a writer or director a small fortune, you still don't get to climb behind the wheel and start the car yourself. You have to stand on the sidelines, watching them flood it. Or not give it enough gas. It's a collaborative business, of course, but the key to being a successful collaborator, and here I mean successful in the career and money way, not in the artistic or creative way, but the often, the key to a long and happy career is standing quietly on the sidelines ready to take credit for telling the driver how to start the car when it starts. 
A friend of mine told me that a certain legendary television writer and executive producer once dispensed this bit of wisdom, which for my money is the single best piece of advice I've ever heard, as my friend walked nervously into the writer's room on his very first day in the television business. The old pro took him aside and said to him in a gravelly murmur, Keep it shut. To test his advice, he spent a week early in his career saying absolutely nothing in the writer's room, just sitting quietly with a pleasant smile on his face, and he was rewarded on Friday afternoon as he walked to his car with the executive producer sidling up next to him, putting his arm around his shoulder and saying, great work this week, really great. It was the beginning of a long and prosperous career as that rare thing, a writer who knew when to keep it shut. I met a guy once somewhere who said he was a writer. This happens a lot in L.A., as you know. And mostly the kinds of people you run into who say proudly, I'm a writer, are also the kinds of people who say, is that a venti or a grande? But in this case, he wasn't just dreamy. He had been a real writer, a paid writer on the staff of a real TV show, which struck me as odd when he told me because it was a comedy he worked on. To tell you the truth, he didn't seem all that funny. I wasn't like a writer writer, he told me when my facial expression gave me away. I was like was like the thorn, you know? I was the guy who would sit in the room when everybody was ready to accept a pitch, and I'd say, whoa, 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 whoa. Would they really do this? Or is this scene really funny? Every room needs a thorn, you know? I nodded. Yeah, he said slowly. Yeah, I haven't worked in about 11 years. Ever wonder why, I thought to myself, but did not say? Rarely, in fact, does someone set themselves up quite so well and pay it off quite so neatly as, I was the thorn in the room, and I haven't worked in 11 years. I mean, that's perfect joke structure. But of course, the guy didn't recognize that because the guy had never bothered to pitch a joke because the guy was too busy being the thorn. Now, I don't know where that guy is right now, but I hope he's still in the business because all around town, it really does feel a lot like thorn season when people in charge of studios and streamers and networks are looking for reasons to pull the plug on projects, when the business starts to cut back and reduce, suddenly, the thorn is a pretty useful voice in the room. Someone there to say that this idea won't work, that it's smarter to pass on that script, let's stop making certain kinds of movies, let's eliminate whole divisions, let's stop flooding it. Until, you know... They overdo that, and they need to give the business more gas, which seems, at least right now, like a long way off. And that's it for this week. Next week, we will get dessert first. For The Ankler, this is Rob Long.